You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Great to have you with us. So some normality has returned to the world. Besides Kyrgios still being a village idiot, our wedding man is back in action. So please welcome to the show my co-host and king of the wedding crashes, VIG. G'day, mate. How are you feeling? Very good. You are a little bit dusty after uh, having your first uh, outing or first wedding of the year? I was. I was a little bit, but then I uh, ran it off on Saturday night, full 90 minutes against the co-op, So I was going to say, quite impressive. Uh, I did hear through the grapevine that you'd gone out there and put in, a, 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 I suppose, a 90-plus stoppage time shift. So very, very impressive. And uh, there's no excuses then. You can go to all the weddings you can if you're going to turn up for uh, games and turn up for the show. That's right. <laughs> Mate, hallelujah. Most of the games were back on this weekend. I think we uh, had four teams that didn't play. I think the, the Bulls, Wanderers, Jets, and uh, who's the last? One more. Bulls, Wanderers, Jets. Wellington played. Um, and victory. Victory, yes. So most of the other games were on, but uh, it gave us at least this time a handful of games to cover rather than the one or two, which has been quite tough the last few weeks. It has. More football. We wanted more football. We got more football. So happy days. A big shout out to one of our team as GK chef Jared Tyson tied the knot today with his now lovely wife, Sarah. Hope they had a fantastic day and are celebrating long into the night. Unfortunately, we can't be there, but we send our best wishes to both you and both of them as well as Riley as well. Yeah, so congratulations. All, all the best. best and congrats, mate. FFA Cup, huge for the Mariners as they reach their first final in nine years, knocking out the silverware specialist Sydney 1-0 at Cogra. Totally deserved. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they were a better team. Um, come away with a, with a one 0 win. Um, they they outplayed Sydney, outclassed Sydney. Uh, they you know the Mariners youngsters are, are doing a great job for uh, Nick Montgomery. Yeah, look, we all thought it'd be a very hard uh, task for them this year after uh, having such a successful season last year, losing some of your cattle as well as losing the coach that was uh, a huge part of that. But uh, look, everyone at the Mariners needs to uh, have a pat on the back, I think, at the moment, because not only are they doing it good on the pitch, they're doing it good off the pitch and uh, things seem to be looking up. So even though uh, Stadge has moved on and some of the cattle, it looks like that what they've left in place there is something for them to build on for not only this season, but for the seasons to come. Yeah, definitely. They, they look like they've got a, a good spine, a good core of players, um, some great players coming through their academy. So it um, goes to show uh, you, you give these players an opportunity and they, most of them have been taking it. So, um, you know, you look at uh, left back, I think Cy Goddard is playing on the wing as well. It's come in, uh, great, great young player. Um, you know, they, they've, been, they've been really good, really impressive. So their opponents will be decided on Saturday night when uh, the Phoenix travel to Melbourne to take on the victory. Now, I suppose if this was played a month ago, you'd be saying uh, it'll be a victory Mariners final. But uh, the Phoenix, which we'll talk about later in Revolution Roundup, found some form. They've finally got some of their big names on the pitch. They've uh, they've also picked up uh, another Mexican uh, to strengthen their lineup. Sandoval, but, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think uh, this will be an interesting game on Saturday night. And uh, who knows who will be taking on the Mariners. But either way, I think the Mariners just damn excited to be there. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's great for football on Central Coast. Um, and, you know, n- now you've got another another good game. Wellington Phoenix, can they catch Melbourne Victory out? Uh, Victory haven't played in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. 
So uh, the other couple of talking points just before we get into our Revolution Roundup. So Adelaide record the biggest ever A-League outbound transfer with the sale of Riley McGree to Middlesbrough for $1.4 So that obviously meant that he was on loan wherever he was and uh, – Adelaide so United they, just, they just sold, him to, sold him to Charlotte and now um, Charlotte have sold him to um, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. So after being out on loan, he's gone back home and then they've realised yeah. that... So, uh, so Adelaide have, have had a, a sell-on clause. So when they did the deal with, with Charlotte, they had a, a sell-on clause. So if he was sold to a, a bigger club for more money, which he was, Adelaide get a percentage of that. So it, it's great for great business for, for Adelaide. Um and, you know, more, more clubs need to be doing this with our younger players because we, we can't be giving them away all the time. I was going to say it should start a trend, right? If it hasn't already, it should start a trend now to say you need to have some safety net there that if a player that you have spent time with and money and invested your resources in, you should be compensated for it. Yep. And just because, okay, we're not considered to be the top few leagues in the world, we still should be respected and we should still get what our players are worth. Well, Australian footballers need to start demanding this because, and, and Australian clubs need to start demanding this because we, we need to put value on our players. Because, you know, an Aussie goes overseas to Europe and they look at him like, who are you? Where'd you come from? Where's Australia? You, you, you know, you've never won a World Cup. You've never done this. You've never done that. But we need to get rid of that stigma and we need to show these countries overseas, whether it be in, in America, Europe, um, Asia, wherever they're going, that... Australia can produce world-class footballers. So do you think it's up to the leagues now, whether it be the, the A-leagues or, you know, the, the, obviously it's, it's been a change in the, in the ownership or running of the game. Is that something that you then photocopy and you just bring out across the league and say this is what we should be doing, not leaving it up to each individual's and, you know, one team does this and one club does that and someone else does something different? Should it just be streamlined that for the best of the game and for the best of our players and to be able to reinvest in our league, we need to start to have something across the board? Okay, there might be a little bit of flexibility in percentages or different ways you can do it but you can't someone can and someone else doesn't simple as that yeah look it, it it's hard it's hard to say because every player is different so every the value of every player you know re- realistically is different across across the globe so um in my opinion the a-league first needs to have a transfer system you can't just have one player you know leaving one club going to the other merry-go-round players going here players going there no if a player if a player has been brought up through that club or another club has has acquired him you need to put a value on that player so if another club wants to buy that player they have to they have to fork out you know it might be 50k it could be 100k it could be 500 could be a mil whatever it is um you need to put a value on every single player in the league needs to have a value and they need, that needs to be transferable firstly throughout the league and then um, across to, to Europe, to Asia, to wherever you know, a player may go. Totally agree. And maybe they can bring in a um, recycling bin tax as well. That'd raise quite a lot of money for some of these clubs. But uh, speaking of Adelaide, the player escape room, we are joined by Adelaide's returning Aussie youth international, Lachlan Brook. We uh, welcome back our Arnie's Army, which is where we first discovered a fantastic young um, podcaster or football pundit or what do you want to call him? I don't know who you're talking about. Josh Gershback, VIG. So that's where we first uh, were able to get our hands on you. And uh, you you were so fantastic. We've kept you ever since. So we'll, we'll have a review of uh, Arnie's latest uh, World Cup qualifiers squad as well as have a quick chat about uh, the Matildas and uh, just before we get into our revolution roundup, my quick little uh, wrap or my little uh, I suppose review of the, the rounds of the A-League 
Glory, Roar and Phoenix all find a way to win. They've searched hard to find. Mariners may have the FFA Cup final on their mind. Victory, Melbourne City and Adelaide just happy to be back on the park. And Western United are well below their high pre-COVID mark. Spot on. You were on the mark. Mate, I think I won the money. Yeah. But uh, all right, moving into our revolution roundup. As I said, uh, there was a couple of games that were uh, called off and rescheduled, but uh, a lot more were on, which is fantastic for us. So the first game was on the Wednesday, uh, the Raw. Both teams opening game of, of a busy few days for both teams playing uh, two games over, I think, a three or four game period. But the Raw were able to run out 1-0 winners against the Glory. That's their first win of the season. They create a lot of chances, so they were probably good for their money. Yeah, definitely. Um, Henry Hoare, who who is a Perth a Perth boy, um, has come across to Brisbane Raw and he, he got the goal. Uh, you know, I don't know what what part of his body it came off to go in, but he he got it in the back of the net. Um, and you know, I, th- I think that's his first A League goal too. His first A League goal, yeah. So congrats to, to the young lad. Um, and, and against, you know, he, he knew majority of those, the Perth Glory players as well. And I, I thought, look, Perth Perth were just a bit underdone. Um, it was hot up there. You could see the players, they were, they were sweating, they were dripping. Um, you know, just just a lack of a lack of game time for, for Perth really cost them, cost them in the end. But it was good to see Brandon O'Neill back back out there with the captain's armband. He, um, congratulations to him and his, his wife, Jules, on, on the birth of their first child, Scotty. So Indeed. Um, it, it was it was definitely good to see Branners back out there. And um, see Sturridge got a bit more game Sturridge time. Sturridge got a bit of game time. Uh, you know, Fornaroli and Keo formed that partnership up top and, and they're dangerous when, when they're on. And, and you know, like we, we'll talk about later um, against Sydney FC. Um, but I think Perth, uh, Perth just they were, they were just underdone. They hadn't played in a while. Um, they've been through multiple lockdowns and hotel quarantines and, and all that kind of stuff. So they were, they were just behind the eight ball and, and never really got into the flow of the game or, or really took control of that game. I think probably the perfect example of that is uh, Cameron Cook. So fortunately for him, uh, Aspro Potamides uh, saved him from a howler. I think uh, O'Shea was the man that picked up his his one-two shuffle. Let, let me tell you, I'm never ever getting dancing lessons off Cameron Cook. He didn't know his left <laughs> or his right and he, uh, he ended up kicking it with his left and his right and uh, fortunately his, his teammates saved him from Aspro that. But that just goes, line, yeah, it yeah. just goes to show that uh, you know everything can be almost fixed by an Aspro, right? So including headaches and, and bad, bad uh, goal, goal line mistakes but uh, yeah, look, I think uh, for the for the Perth, it's been very difficult. So to go out there and put in a uh, a decent performance, I think was something that uh, you know Garcia would have been looking for, and I think he would have been quite pleased without the result with what his team dished up. It was never a game that was going to set the world on fire with the way both teams have been going, you know, so far this season. But uh, for the Raw, like I said, their first win, which will give them some confidence. Last week, I think they doubled their goal tally for the year to two goals. This time, they've gone to three goals and one win. So it's been a, a good week, a week and a half for them. Uh, moving on to the Phoenix and Western United. The Phoenix uh, ran out 2-1 winners against Western United on the Friday. Uh, Sandoval, the new Mexican import for the Phoenix, needs no second invitation. Scores within the first 20 minutes. He Welcome does. to the 16 league. 16 minutes straight in. Uh, he's got the number, number seven jersey as well. So he, he was he looked good. He looked sharp. Um, and, you know, Wellington, we've been saying they've, they've been notoriously slow all season to, to get going. Um, they've scored two goals in the first half. Uh, Gary Hooper with an assist for the first one. And then scores himself, so he, he's had a, had a had a good game. And two 0 at half time, you know, the second half sort of just you know pitted out, and um, you know, 
Wellington hung, hung on in the end. It was a late goal by uh, Lustica. It was very obvious, though, that uh, the, the big difference that not only Sandoval made, but having hoops back after returning home for a short period and uh, young Paulson in goals is absolute quality. What a great headache uh, Uffy has when uh, Sale comes he back does. into the port. Uffy needs Aspro because that's yeah. <laughs> it. Uh, you know, we, we spoke about Oli Sale and how good he was last season and, and the start of this season, but uh, young Paulson's come in and he hasn't really put a foot wrong. Yeah, and look, for Western United, there was plenty of chances, but uh, I think not only was there some good keeping from the young uh, Wellington goalkeeper, but some poor execution. But what I'd like to say before we move on is, look, there's no need to panic. I think that's only – is that only the second game or third game that uh, – uh, John Aloisi's men have dropped but I'd like to see them go with one less defender so three at the back I would have substituted or uh, I would have probably sacrificed Garuccio or gone with one CDM so rather than having the two there I would have gone with uh, maybe not without Lustica I would have played Wenzel Halls up front a lot alongside uh, the Serbian yeah. uh, so you're saying have, have um, Risden high on one side right, like a right wing back and have Garuccio high Look, on the it, other side or, no, or another I, attacker I, or you you're saying more, I would have had attackers. I would have had the two the two of the, the centre backs and Risden at the back because I think Risden playing with a back three is not always easy but having his mobility around there and his speed will help cover that and I would have allowed them to push on either an extra midfielder and bring in and, and bring in Pereiras who I think is had very limited opportunity this year and I know they've been doing well and you know players have been performing but I like him or I don't like having one man up there on an iceberg by himself even being a Serbian international I like having two and I think having him up there with three or four defenders on him is hard work but having Wenzel Halls up there who will run his, his his backside off for you alongside him I think it asks more questions playing two central defense uh, two CDMs with four defenders for me and a goalkeeper is protecting a goal too much I think if you want to if you want to win you want to go and loot other boats right you don't want to sit back and let everyone come to you and hope to get them on a counter I think West United have got two star started lineup with the likes of Dia Magic and so on for them to sit back and wait for results to come to them I reckon they need to go and get them by the throat I would like to see an either an another striker or another midfielder. But like I said, I'm not Aloisi. They've been doing well up until this point, but that's just something I would explosive. like to see. Yeah, moving on to the uh, the first or the only Saturday game, which was the uh, the game between Sydney and the Glory, the second game for the Glory in a few days. And uh, look, they ran out 2-1 winners, the Glory. And look, for me, it was an impressive win for the Glory to grab a second, uh, their se- only their second win of the season. But look, that as we said before, they haven't played in, in weeks. They lost in Queensland on Wednesday, then have to come to Saturday. Sydney for a Saturday to get any sort of result. That's Forget a, about the performance, a, just the commitment, the effort, and the team putting in the shift. I, I would have been wrapped if I was the glory. Oh, absolutely. I think Garcia would be, you know, he'd be cheering that they, they got something out of the game. Um, they've come away with three points. You know, if he had one point, if he come away with one point from that game, he would have been over the moon. Um, to come away with all three is is huge. Um, Sydney for me, just, just been below par, just... Um, you know, not creating enough up top, um, you know, a bit lackadaisical at the back, uh, you know, not not soft goals, but goals that Sydney FC don't often concede. They don't concede like that, you know, balls in the box. Um, there's normally bodies there. They, there's normally, you know, they normally play a, a higher line. They weren't um, trying to look after their uh, their good mate, former Sydney Fay Brendan O'Neill, when they let him. Well, they he, put they put one on a plate for him. Well, he, 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 uh, he, he he's, couldn't not score. Well, he put the opening nail in, and then hey, Fornaroli finished the job off. Right, so uh, look, Sydney would also be really, really disappointed that uh, Perth haven't beaten them on home turf in six years, 
and they've had this, you know, break. Then they've had to go from Queensland to Sydney in a few-day turnaround. So their preparation's been absolutely average at best. And to come there against a Sydney team who hasn't played, I know they, you know, they had um, a cup game, but I, I don't think they, they had many excuses. Look, they're sitting on nine points after eight games, two wins, three draws, three losses. They've scored nine goals and conceded nine goals. That that just sums up where Sydney are at at the moment. Um, not, in, not in a great spot sitting outside the top six. And, you know, unless unless they can start to, you know, oh, they're going to play more games now. There's going to be a few games back to back. They might play three games in a week. Uh, they're out of the cup, so they don't need to worry about that. But they need to start finding some form. Otherwise, they're going to find themselves in trouble. The silver lining for Sydney, though, is uh, Caceres has been, you know, a player that people have expected big things from for a few years now, and he just never seems to hit those marks. Now, without having uh, Bratz there, uh, obviously missing other quality players like uh, Alfie and so on, I know they've signed, uh, you know, the Lion King's return. Amini. Yeah, Amini, Mustafa Amini's returned. But in the absence of these players and in the absence of a, a midfield general or a leader or a, Brat, a, a Brillante or a Neil they've had in the past, he's really stood up. And not only has he helped run that midfield, but he's scoring goals, which could set them in a good stead when they finally do get these sorts of players back. They've got another real weapon in their uh, in their ranks. Yeah, look, Caceres, we've always known he's been a good footballer, great technically, um, but he, he's never been an out-and-out goal scorer. But now he's added that to his game. And for me, he's been one of the standout um, midfielders or standout attackers in the, in the league this season. Oh, look, I think with his current form, he'd be considering himself uh, maybe a chance of getting a call from Arnie. He hasn't in the latest squad, which we'll talk about later in Arnie's army, but, uh, you know, he's definitely on the right path. So moving on to the first of the two Sunday games, uh, two two wins uh, in a row was too much for <laughs> uh, the Roar. Unfortunately, they scored first uh, thanks to a poor early error gifted to uh, Milanusic. Uh, but uh, they were not able to hold on and uh, Adelaide ran out 3-1 winners. But uh, any hope of the Roars uh, doubling their wins in a number of days uh, was put to the sword by two average penalties. Yeah, both... both uh, look, they're, they're penalties, yes, but... You know, uh, they could go either way. Very. They could, but you know what? When you're playing against a team that maybe on paper and maybe with their performance this year is is got the edge on you, you don't want to be giving away anything. So no. for them, you give two pens, you know, freaking chance of another win. That's <laughs> unfortunately that that's is. The bottom, that's the bottom line. And when you got quality like Craig Goodwin up top, you know, yeah, he missed the penalty last week, but he's not going to. He, he doesn't miss often. You're right. Depends so, with the difference. Yeah. It would have, uh, that would have been a drawn game. That's a, that's that's the yeah, safest bet yeah, in your life. It could have been one. Yeah, it was. One Other than good and ones, the two, the two penalties. Um, yeah, look, they're, they're given. Um, Goodwin steps up, he scores. Mork steps up, he scores. Um, and then you know, City just Adelaide just um, you know ran away with it. Sorry. So look, I, I suppose the the synopsis of this is amateur mistakes continuously costing the raw points, and United just toughing it out. You know, they've they've had a change of personnel in the last few weeks. They've welcomed back Blackwood, Brook, um, and and a few other players. They've lost uh, Halloran. They've also lost uh, Yengi. He's now joined other players on their injury list. Uh, it looks like as long as all the paperwork goes through at the end of the month, they'll be losing their captain as well. More 
walk will be going. So look, tough times for them. But at the moment, if you can bank the points, especially a three points away from home uh, in a performance that wasn't great, then that's good signs. Happy days. All right. And the uh, the final game of the round was uh, the Mariners up against Melbourne City. Unfortunately for the Mariners, uh, a very positive week of making the FFA Cup final was uh, undone because of the fact that they just weren't at the races and they were beaten 3-1 by <laughs> a Melbourne City side that just has unlimited firepower, even though they're not firing on all cylinders or even close at the moment. Yeah, look, uh, clinical goal from from J-Mac in the first half. You give him that, that sort of space in the box, he's, he's going to finish. That's his bread and butter. He, he loves just lurking around, um, you know, uh, the six-yard box just outside. He pounced on that, put it into the back of the net. And then the Mariners, they, they grew into the game. They got, got themselves back into the game. Uh, Orenia was, was class coming in. Cutting in and, and feeding one into the into the bottom corner with his left foot. Um, great, great finish. Look, he, he's hot he's, at the moment, and he got him he, back in the game, right? Yeah, he's a player that he's he's getting better with age. You know, you don't you don't think 30, he's thirty plus, and he's still making those runs from you know picking up the ball deep, cutting inside, and and and, sh- and scoring. So um, got him got him back into the game, which was which was great. And then second half, uh, I'll tell you what, Florin Berenger for for Melbourne City's been been really good this season. Um, he puts a beautiful ball into the back stick where Andrew Naboo's scoring. He's finding a lot of um, score, sorry, scoring a lot of goals at the back stick. He's, I think McLaren put one in, in for him last week. He scored against Adelaide. Um, same type of ball. This one was sort of uh, bent, bent in behind. Um, Is it scary that uh, City are nowhere near their best? Uh, they have the quality of players, you know, all across the park, even losing Nathaniel Atkinson, but you've replaced him with uh, former Carl Arsenal Jenkinson. star Carl Jenkinson and uh, he joins the party pretty early by scoring, uh, you know, n- not long after he's arrived on these shores, his first goal in uh, in the A-League. Yeah, I think he was on for 10, 15 minutes and, he, and he's got a, got a goal. And, and, there's, he, and there's already J-Mac, there's, you know, goals coming from Naboot, there's Dilio, yeah. there's, you know, Kolakowski if you need him, there's, you know, there's... There's guys left, right, and centre. It's it's a really scary perspective. We, we said we said that City have the best squad in the league, best best depth. It's just going to take a bit of time for them to click, um, and you know, hopefully for the league's sake, hopefully they are clicking now because we want to see those players at their full potential, um, and when they do click, they can put teams to the sword. Yeah, look, I'd like to mention too, and I know he was on the uh, the wrong end of the scoreboard, but Birigetti's save from O'Neill's volley was pure brilliance. Absolute top draw. What a fantastic saves. Unfortunately for him, it's not talked about in getting you a point or getting you three points. Unfortunately, it was in a 3-1 loss, it's, but it was not, an absolute but, top notch. But clubs are watching him. Um, there's some rumours floating about that uh, some uh, J-League clubs uh, are interested in Mark Brugetti, so watch this space. All right, that's the end of our Revolution Roundup. Up after the break, we welcome to the Player Escape Room, uh, returning from on loan, uh, Brentford young Aussie star, Lachlan Brook. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Up now in the player escape room is a young man who has just returned home to Adelaide on ro- alone from PL Club Brentford to show his employers he has plenty of sting in his tail. Please welcome rising star Lachlan Brook. G'day, mate. Welcome to the Hi. show. We're good, mate. G'day. Mate, we really appreciate it. I know you've only been home uh, just over a week, but uh, it's great to have you back home. And I'm, I'm guessing it's a fantastic present uh, for the, the family, Christmas present for the family. It was. It was a little bit of a late one. Um, yeah, obviously I didn't say too much and, and like I said, it, it did happen so quickly. So um, it was a little bit of a, a nice surprise for them, which was which was awesome. I mean, not to mention it's a great present for Adelaide United Football Club and the A-League. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just really happy to be back. And obviously, like you said, 
uh, play some games and things like that. So, yeah, I'm buzzing. Mate, what's the biggest change you've noticed in Adelaide since you've been in the UK? Adelaide, man, doesn't much doesn't change much, does it? Adelaide. Um, in terms of the football, there's a few new faces, but um, other than that, uh, it was it was so easy just coming back. It felt like I never left um, in every way, even even back at home. I mean, you can stay away for so long, but you can come back and within a day, everything feels normal again. So, um, yeah, not too much has changed, but I think in a way that's almost a good thing for myself, especially. Mate, easy. I don't want to be jumping around and having to start afresh every time. So this will recharge the batteries. Then I'm guessing we're back off to uh, to the UK again because uh, Brentford uh, value you too highly. They're only going to loan you out. They're not giving you back. They're only just going to let someone t- <laughs> tease the Australian League for a bit and then they're going to snatch you back. Uh, look, that's the plan, obviously. But, um, yeah, look, football can change in, in a week, let alone six months. So, um, yeah, at this stage, obviously, the plan is to go back at the end of the loan period. But, um, yeah, we'll just see what happens, I guess. So is it just for the end of the, till the end of this season? Yeah, that's the original plan, yeah. Mate, how did the loan come about? So I, I know obviously uh, you're, you're rated very highly over there and obviously here in the A-League. So how about how did they get the deal done? Basically, um, I think since the off-season, even start of the season, I was looking at going out um, on loan. Um, and then with the, the Adelaide stuff, I think the, we were just sort of waiting. Obviously, the league, not really knowing when it was going to start with everything with COVID. Um, and then ended up going past the transfer window. So um, for me to be there for the start of the season wasn't possible. So um, and we were obviously looking at a few other things as well. But um, in terms of my development and, and things, I think with the way that Adelaide play and and obviously the league that I know, the coach that I know, knowing that, you know, I, w- I will get minutes, um, I think that was more important. So, uh, yeah, obviously end of uh, December, started the talks up again and um, they knew that, I think Benny was sort of on his way out. Um, so it all, like I said, it just all flew really quickly um, and worked out really well. Sounds like it all uh, fell into place. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, setup over in Brentford and, and maybe um, just explain to the listeners about the, the Brentford Youth Academy and the setup there and how it, how it uh, differences um, from the more conventional youth and under-23 setups in, in the other Premier League and, and Championship clubs? Basically what uh, Brentford have that I don't think many other clubs do in England is uh, they don't have an academy. So what they basically have is an A and what we call our B team, um, which essentially is just an under-23s team. It just has a different title. Um, what that means for the B team, though, is that they don't play in a an actual league, unlike most of the under-23 teams. They obviously play in the Premier League 2 or the um, some other leagues, um, which in a way is kind of beneficial because um, especially if you're a lot, a lot younger you get to play against a bunch of different teams so you'll have one week you'll be playing against a league one team that um, maybe didn't have a game on the weekend and they needed a game so we're there to play uh, or and then the next week you're playing against Chelsea under 23s or you're playing against even I played against like a, a full strength Arsenal team almost a full strength Chelsea team that just needed a game and you know we're there to play because we don't play in a league so in, in a way it does work out you do get a different a variety of different games um, and obviously you get a lot out of each game because they're completely different so um, in a way that, that does really help Were you craving a bit of um, you know match match intensity like you're playing for points is that, is that what coming back to, to play for Adelaide you know Yeah yeah I think definitely for me as well being 20 you know that's that's still young but it's not what you'd consider very young um, for me it was like oh I need to be playing games stats you know I need to have all of that 
Um, and obviously I came from a place where I was doing that, you know, playing for points and uh, being involved in a squad that was, you know, still fight. Like every week was a build up to, to the Saturday game or the Sunday game. So, yeah, obviously did did miss a lot of that. And that was one of the big reasons for me coming back as well. Mate, I know you're a, you're a pro player and we're just fans, but was there at any stage when you played a full-strength uh, full Arsenal or Chelsea, was there any players there you could wanted to walk over and, and take a selfie with or say let's switch jerseys or something? Or once you're a pro footballer, they're all just the same to you. It's another player. No, I think I think when we played the Arsenal, well, that was probably the craziest moment for me. It was like Lacazette and, and all of those players and I was just staring like, oh, wow. They're just right there. I mean, obviously, I think even some professional footballers would get like that anyway. I mean... You don't see them every day, and even if you even if you're playing in the prem and, and maybe it's your first time, and you go and play against one of those teams, you're still going to sit there and go, "Wow, that's crazy." So, yeah, for me, it was a bit of a a wow moment for sure, for sure. It would have been brilliant. Now, mate, pardon the pun, but uh, is there a buzz around Brentford at the moment? Simply, you know, that they haven't been in the Premier League. They get promoted. They've started the season sensationally, and they're doing a lot better than a lot of other clubs. And they're not just fumbling their way through; they're doing it in style. Has there been a, a real buzz around the club? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, especially uh, at the at the earlier stages of the season, even the preseason, um, everything was new. It was exciting. There was a lot of like Premier League logos going around the place and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think the club was in a really good place. And even now, um, you know, I think if you said to them at this time, you know, last year or whatever that they were going to be in this place, they would have taken it straight away. So, um, yeah, there's definitely definitely a buzz around the club. Mate, and just before we get stuck into the two games, we like to play with our guests. What do you miss most about home? As in Adelaide home or Brentford? Adelaide home. Brentford's not your home, mate. They're just borrowing you. You're an Aussie. Yeah, all I was right, say, mate. Show us, show say. us the colour of your jersey oh. underneath. It's it's yellow and green, mate. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no, I think um, families is obviously obviously the biggest one, and uh, I'd have to say the weather as well. Those are the two for me. No, definitely the weather. Yeah, definitely. All right, mate. So we're going to get into these two games that we like to play with our guests. The first one being uh, lock, stock and three smoking balls. Not football related, but uh, this will test out and make sure that uh, you're on the ball. You ready to go? Easy. Easy. All right. If you could sign one player from the A-League to join you at Adelaide, who would it be? No no salary caps one here. Player. You can pick anyone you want. We'll take care of the costs. No problems. We'll pay for the limo. We'll pay for the salary, The everything. Their uh, dry cleaning bill, you name it. To be honest, it would probably be one of my mates at Sydney FC, Callum Talbot, because, uh, yeah, we, we get on well and he's a good laugh. He's a great laugh. I, I like the honesty. Yeah. Everyone else is picking the uh, De Viers and, you know, McLaren and that because they're worrying about the bling-bling and you're worrying about having out with your mate. I like that, mate. It goes to show you down to earth. Good youth. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's hey, a good quality. I, I don't get to see them often, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. If you could change one FIFA rule, what would it be? VAR. Not a fan? Just nah. get rid of it? Not for me. So goal line technology stays, but the, where they check to make sure that you are you're not a, a, a you know a, a bee's knee offside, that's gone. All that all the rest yeah, of that rubbish no, is think, finished. I think goal line technology, I think is is fair enough. I think, but the rest of it needs just can go. For me, that's just my opinion. Yeah, mate. Like I said, Fair I think there's lots of things we need to change, and uh, I think it's time they start listening to the players and stop worrying about the bean counters and start getting listen to the players because they're the guys that get on the pitch each day and bust themselves for the fans exactly and for right. and for the networks. So, yeah, all right, we can we can put that one forward. And the last question is: 
if you could be anyone for for a day, who would it be? Rock star could be anything. You name it. You could you can be that person for twenty four hours. Who would you pick? Oh, I'd love to be not for. I mean, I would say Cristiano Ronaldo, but it would be good. But I wanted. I'd probably have to go like along the lines of something else, like a pop star. So it'd be boring. I'm going to say. I'm going to be Justin Bieber for a day. Thank God. I thought you were going to pick one of your mates. I was, I was thinking, please don't <laughs> no, pick one no. of your mates. Don't be one of your mates for the day. We, we've heard that. We've heard that with the first one, but we're just not going to pick that again with uh, celebrity. No, right, no, so no, Justin Bieber. Can you, Justin Bieber. Have you got a voice? Can you sing, or is it just is this wishful thinking? I can, I can do a little bit of singing, but I don't do it often. But what, um, I what, just think. What's your go-to oh, song? Oh, wise, I'd love to sing. What do you sing in the car? Mm. You know, this is a good question because I do need to. Uh, I do need to do my initiation potentially this weekend. So, oh, you've got one for Adelaide coming up. Yeah, I mean, I've already sung, but apparently the rule is if you leave, you have to when you come back. You got to do it again. again. Apparently, those are the rules. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know, maybe some Ed Sheeran or something like that. Yes, yeah, safe, mate. Safe. And like I said, you can anyone can string out a few lines. And you know what? People start listening to the words and they forget if you're even singing good or bad. So yeah. I'd stick with that if I was you. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right, mate, we're now going to move into the second game that we play, seeing that you are past that with Flying Colours, which is our uh, Nuno. And as we explained to you prior, it's uh, seven questions. There'll be two options for each. You just pick which is most applicable to you. I'll set a timer. Current uh, record is Christian Theo Harris from uh, Western United, which is about 25-odd seconds. Um, And at the end of it, we'll come back and we'll touch on a few. So you ready to roll? Done. Let's go. All right, snow or sand? Band. Home cooking or Uber Eats? Home cooking. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Follow your head or heart? Heart. Comedy or action movies? Comedy. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Uh, Nuno. Okay, flat white or long black? Or long black. 30 Solid. seconds. Not all bad, right. mate. Not too bad. Not not, not bad at not all. Not too bad. That's all right. It's fine. That's not bad. All right. So let's uh, let's backtrack on these. Messi. Why? Yeah. Um, I think he's the best player ever, to be honest. I just think – I'm not saying Ronaldo is obviously not bad, but I just think the things that Messi has done and, and things that he can do with the ball, I don't think anyone um, can do or has come close to doing maybe Maradona and, and things like that, obviously, was unbelievable as well. But I think – yeah, things that he does with the ball is is ridiculous. Sometimes he just does things we don't even like. Doesn't even make sense. And uh, yeah, for me, and the type of player that I am as well, I think is is a lot more um, is a lot more like that. So I just think, yeah, Messi, hundred percent. All right, mate, fair call. Sand. So you, I don't know if you'd be seeing much or yellow sand over in <laughs> Brentford. <laughs> is that one of the things you miss most about uh, being in Oz? It's crazy. There's a lot of things before I left Adelaide that I didn't appreciate until until I did. And that's definitely one of them is just access to a beach and decent weather is just the best thing in the world. I think I've been to the beach, I think, six times since I've been back already because I've just missed it so much. What do you do? Do you surf? Do you show off your juggling skills? Do you, do you swim? What do you do when you go to the beach? <laughs> no, I do just a little bit of swimming, a little bit of sitting. Um, and yeah, even even I'm not going uh, in the water. I just like going and, and walking along the beach anyway. So for sure, just yeah, love it. All right. So if we're looking for you and you're not on the pitch, we know you're down the beach. Is that where we come looking for you? <laughs> yeah, around about that. Long black. What's the what's what's the thinking behind that? 
I was thinking you were going to tell us something I like Earl Grey I'll, or I'll something, do. the tea or something. Yeah, no, nah, look, I I probably wouldn't have either of the two, but if well, I tell had us, to, that, absolutely that, had one. We're not going to force you, mate. You're a, you're a f- football superstar. You can choose whatever you like. What would, would you have, have instead? A, I'd have either just a shot of espresso, no no milk, nothing, or um, if it's really hot and maybe it's later later in the day, I might have a, like an ice latte with like a double shot. Nice little bit of oat milk, just because uh, I don't usually have milk in my coffee. But if it is, it'll have to be like an almond oat because I can't can't do the full cream milk. Mate, espresso. The espresso you explained is a man on a mission. Hence, why you've uh, at the age of twenty, you've been over in the UK already. This this is a guy going places, right? Yeah, and no time to waste. He's talk- I need it in the morning. You know, <laughs> I need he's, it. he's talking my language: espresso and oat milk. You you come around and you ask for full cream milk, mate. I'm not having it, mate. This is not about me. None this of that is stuff. this is about Adelaide superstar. It's not about me. No one cares what yeah. I'm doing, mate. No one cares if I wear thongs and socks, <laughs> and no one gives a crap what I do, right? So, <laughs> mate, you said comedy uh, movies. What's your favourite? Oh, see, that's a hard question. That's a really hard question. All right, what's the last um, comedy movie you watched? I'm going to guess that it had, uh, what's the, um, that does all the stand-up? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. I'm, I'm going to have a crack at Kevin Hart. I'm going to say. No, he's funny, but he's not my favourite. I like, uh, I don't know if you know, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, he's Hangover. fantastic. Yep. Um, he's unbelievable for me. I actually just finished watching The Hangover. I was just bored. I think it was on the plane. And I was like, I just need something. I think I had about four hours left. And I was like, I just need an easy watch. It's going to get me through to the food, the last meal, and then I can just chill out for the last two hours. So I just stuck that on. And he, no matter how many times you watch it, he just makes me laugh every time. It's funny you say that. I was up in Queensland on holidays and the TV wasn't working, so there was no cable, there was nothing, and I had to go back to 1980s and watch just Free to Air. And they had on uh, Horrible Bosses. I think he's in that as well, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he's even good in <laughs> no, that, even before a, he had a name. I'm not sure if he is or not. I was. That was another one of the movies that I could have put on, Horrible Bosses. That's with the... Like Jason Sudeikis, isn't it? Yeah, that's with yeah, uh, that Ted Lasso. Yeah, that's 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 what he's known as now. Everyone I've, knows him I've as Ted Lasso. Him. I've you, seen him. Have you? Filming Ted Lasso. I, yeah, I went for lunch in the, right around the corner of my house, and that, that's where they filmed it. Yeah, brilliant. Everyone's a big fan of that show. Did yeah. have you watched both seasons? Never have I watched it. You've I've never watched, watched it. it yet. You're kidding. Nah, mate, you got plenty I of time now. I don't watch much. I don't watch much TV to be fair. So. I will get onto it though for sure, mate. From what I'm gathering now, you're up early in the morning. You're uh, down getting your your espresso. Then you're uh, doing a bit at the beach, and then you're playing football and you're home to bed early. So good signs for the Adelaide fans. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> summed it up. All right, mate. We know you're a busy man and you have got lots to do. But uh, look, it's an absolute pleasure having you uh, on the show, the Football Revolution, and uh, it's great to have you back in the A League. We wish you all the best, and uh, we'd love to touch base with you during the season and. Uh, just see how everything's going for you back home in Adelaide. Too easy, mate. No worries. Thank you very much. Great having you on the show, mate. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. That was a fantastic interview with uh, the newly returned uh, Ollie Roo star, Lockie Brook from Adelaide, and we wish him all the best for the rest of the season. But uh, up now we bring back uh, a segment that was the first time we met you and lucky enough to get our hands on you. Uh, Joshy Gershback was when we bring in Arnie's Army. Uh, you've, if anyone knows about football, it's you, and you've also got a brother who plays for the Socceroos, so uh, it was probably the right person at the right time, and uh, ever since we can't get rid of you. So um, bringing back Arnie's army, let's talk about the squad that's been announced uh, a couple of days ago for the upcoming qualifiers, so the keepers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, interesting, interesting squad all around, I think. Um, a little bit of a, a look to the future, um, but at the same time, you know, we, we need to win 
World Cup qualifiers now. There's there's two very important games. Must must win both of them uh, against Vietnam at home um, and against Oman away. So exciting times, but at the same time, they're, they're must-win football matches. Um, the keepers, pretty stock standard. Uh, Matty Ryan and, and Vukovic, you, you know, you'd think they're, they're the first two keepers on, on the sheet. And Do then, you think, though, that Vukovic is – is definitely the second choice now that he's left Genk and he's no longer playing uh, in a team in a, one of the better leagues pushing for silverware. Does he straight away uh, have, a, 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 I suppose, a, a lay-down claim on that spot for what he's done in the past or is this on, on his current? Because there's plenty of keepers at the moment that we talk about yeah, week in, week out who are fantastic and that's taking out the equation that Mitch Langerak no longer is available yeah, definitely. because of family Look, reasons. No, no, nothing's a given. Nothing's a, nothing, no, nothing's a guarantee. Um you know, there's there's Mark Birgetti we spoke about. I think he's having a tremendous season in, in the A-League. Um, you know, is he having a better season than Andrew Redmayne? Or is Redders there because he's been there before, he's been in that environment, um, they're, they're trying to keep things as, as similar as possible. Yeah, they've brought in some some young blood um, across the squad, but they're trying to keep that, that core players together. Um, Lawrence Thomas, who's, who plays in Denmark, could be could feel a little bit hard done by. Um but they're, they're, they've got a, a big uh, middle mid-season break, which goes for about two months. So he hasn't played a lot of football in the last month either. So, so do you go for the safe option with a guy who's been very reliable for Sydney the last few seasons? Or do you start to look at who's going to be when Matt Ryan and Vuka, you know, Matty Ryan now is still got a few years left, but Vuka after quitting last year and then coming back here, didn't know if that was going to be the end of his career, even at an early age, especially, you know, for even for a player, let alone a goalkeeper. Do you start having your eyes on who's the next keeper to start blooding him now? Or you don't worry about, you just worry about the present and you pick your three best keepers in case you need them. I don't think so. I think you've got to pick your best three. It's, it's now or never for the Socceroos. They, they need to win these two games. So that's the three that you're taking. So Matty Ryan's going to play both games. So, yeah, we take we take those three. Um, you know, potentially Lawrence Thomas maybe could have gone instead of Redmayne. That's that's my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Look, I think we we are sport for choice, and uh, yeah, like I said, Redders has never done anything to let uh, anybody down. But I think Lawrence Thomas made the move from victory overseas to be able to get that next step, and I think he's done nothing to not give himself every opportunity to do that. Yeah, so, definitely. All right. So moving into the defense, we've got uh, Bayic. The Denick, Grant, uh, King, McGowan, Rolls, Sainsbury, and Karasic. Karasic. Yeah, look, happy no. with those defenders. Look, first of all, I know you, no. we're not going to get much out of you on this, but uh, I would have definitely have thought, no biased here, that your brother would have been a shot here. Alex Gershback has been in excellent form in the French league. What's been against him in the past is obviously injury and not getting game time. Neither of those come into play now. Uh, surely he must have been a chance. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, he, I think he was in, in the conversation. Um, Arnie decided not to not to go with him. Um, you know, Joel King's he's played a lot of football over the last two years, so and 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 done quite well for Sydney FC. Whether or not he's ready for the big stage, we don't know yet. Uh, oh, I don't time, think time will tell. I don't think he's done enough look, for uh, Sydney, let alone represent the the national team. Yeah, look, Beach is is going to start left back. You would think in, in probably both those games. But so. is, if their thinking is okay, they're looking at players like I suggested with the keepers. We'll do that with the keepers as well, and yeah. do it with all the positions. Don't just do it yeah. with the defence, right? Like if you're going to start to bring fringe players in, like they did with Mark Milligan, and start to blood them so that when the time comes and they do need them, they've had some sort of experience and lead up to it. Fine. I don't think he yeah, sure. he's ready. I, and, I think, and I I think, think Kyle Rolls to... is another one. Like I said, it's fantastic for them. 
I think it's it's great that they've given young guys an opportunity. But I, I think for me, there's other players there who'd be dirty that with all the hard work and the runs they yeah. have on the board, they haven't been given an opportunity. Look, look it's an extended squad and it probably gives um, gives Arnie and the coaching staff uh, an opportunity to bring maybe two or three players in like that, um, that they can get them into camp, see what they're like um, within within the, you know, the, the first team environment. Um, so, look, it, it's always good to see young, fresh faces, but at the same time, uh, these are very important matches that, we must win, and I, I think you need to be picking the best players, you know, for these specific fixtures and the best players that are in form with game minutes. When you say uh, fresh faces, this is not a new TV commercial or TV show we're doing, right? It's about whether – I don't care if you've got the ugliest mug in the world and it looks like you're 45 years of age, not 25. You've got to do the job. You've got to do no, the you've job. got to be someone who's, yep. who earns it, and I think at the moment that looks like a, a little bit of a eyes on the future. I don't think it's current form. Uh, okay, you know, both players uh, – have a potential but I don't think I think there is guys playing not only here but also overseas who would be thinking what do I need to do to get a shot at uh, representing the green and gold again or for the first time yeah all right let's, let's we'll move on to the midfielders yep so uh thoughts on this yeah well, Krustic uh he's actually suspended for this first game so he'll, he'll come he'll come in for the second game uh Jackson Irvine who's um been doing great in the, in the Bundesliga too, um, yeah, and even in the, in the in the DFB Pokal in the cup, uh, they knocked out uh, his team, São Paulo, knocked out uh, Dortmund. Um, so you know, yeah, the, for me those two are, are in. Uh, Jimmy Jago, uh, he's been playing in Greece. Riley McGree, he's just signed for Middlesbrough. Connor Metcalf is, you know, that, that might there's a question mark around that, but um, you know, is he in great form? Does his form warrant a, a call up to Socceroos team? I don't know. You've left out a player like uh, Dennis Jonro, who's playing um, in, in League Two for Toulouse, who uh, top of the league. He's had, he, you know, he's, he's made more than 10, 10 starts this year. He's probably had, you know, 10, 12 appearances. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. Aaron Moy comes back. Uh, Aaron Moy's in, and, and Tommy Rogic is back in. So, so how much does, in your honest opinion, do you believe the current form or what league you're playing in carry weight? Because if you start talking about that. Cam Devlin's playing regularly in the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, all this time, you know, they say you're picking players on on form and minutes, not on reputation, not on potential. No, the last two midfielders there aren't currently in there on current current runs on the board. Yeah, they're on there That's, for what they've done for the country, the fantastic job they've done in the past, especially Aaron Moy. Aaron Moy is now playing in a league that is uh, not up to standard that you want to be if you want players ready for a World Cup? I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but we know the quality of Aaron Moy and we know what Tommy Rogic can do as well. Yeah, we do, he, but we've watched – Tommy's been playing. He's been, he's been playing. But we've watched players of Tommy Mo- – uh, of uh, um, Aaron Moy's pedigree, top pedigree, go over to these leagues and within 18 months the superpowers you had have faded – pretty quickly because you're not training against quality opposition. You're not playing regularly against quality opposition. You're not pushing outside your comfort zone. You're not pushing yourself to improve. You're at a standard where you can do it pretty much with your eyes closed. So uh, it's only a matter of time like anything. If you stop doing it right, I suppose if you stop brushing your teeth, you'd get hopeless at it too, right? Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I, there's, there's, I, I know what you're saying, but there's there's still some good footballers playing in the Chinese Super League, right? 
And it's it's not yeah, a, but good footballers. Good footballers are going down, not upright. So if you're telling me now, would you rather play Premier League, La Liga, League One, Bundesliga? I could go on with the list. China's not up in those top fifteen no, leagues, not, 12, twenty not. leagues. I don't think it's just my opinion. But uh, look, I wouldn't have taken Aaron Moy and, and Tom Rogic together. I I think at the moment they're both. I, I know you've got to field your best players, but I reckon there's guys at the moment out there who have got the runs on the board who are doing it in uh, in leagues that, okay, they might not be the top couple, but they're still playing uh, at a very physical, high-tempo, uh, you know, level compared to what these guys are doing, you know, at the moment. So if uh, if Aaron Moy's uh, getting in and, and Tommy Rogic, okay, Rogic is going good at, at Celtic, great. That means the Scottish leagues is, is a high enough, uh, you know, Entry level at the moment. Yeah. We'll just like Cam Devon put his hand up. Yeah, I, I definitely think he he should have been in discussions if he's if he's playing regularly. Um, but then there's there's you know there's probably four or five other players that are in that same boat. And the thing is too, you're looking at okay, he is a worker. He's a guy that gets stuck in and that. At the moment, Aaron Moy is going to go around and dictate play like he does. Uh, you know, Tommy Rogic is going to get the ball too with some nice touches and stuff. But these guys are similar players, right? If your game plan doesn't work. What are you going to do? Just put on a replica of the same guy you've just pulled off. You need to be able to change things. That's why, you know, at, at one stage when we had, uh, you know, the, the the big guy up front, I can't remember his name now, that used to win all the headers for us. Josh Kennedy. Josh Kennedy. Okay. Is he the world's best striker? No, but it meant if we were struggling and, and they were combating us on ground attacks, then, okay, we put him on and we start peppering him via the skies. So if you have different players, you're able to play different formations, you're able to come up with different strategies. When you have similar players, you just roll the dice and hope that uh, the plan one works. And I, I don't think we've had success with that now or in the past. Yeah, look, I, I think you need to – look, at the end of the day, uh, you need to pick your best 11 or your best 23 or 25, whatever the squad is. Um, whether we've done that this time, you know, time will tell. If we come away with two wins, everyone will forget about it and everyone will say, how good, how good was this? Okay. If we don't, then – that's when that's when uh, people are going to start throwing darts. True. And up the other end of the pitch, we've got uh, Brandon Borello, Martin Boyle, Mitchell Duke, Craig Goodwin, Matthew Leckie, uh, Jamie McLaren, and Marco Tilio. So, look, let's quickly dissect them at the moment. So, Martin Boyle is probably the first name on the team sheet when you look start looking at your strikers. Uh, you know, J Mac, you constantly keep taking him along, but he doesn't really get a game. So, I don't know the purpose of taking him. Is it what's what are you waiting for to give him some game time? Marco Tilio is struggling to get game time at City at the moment. So either you start telling uh, PK, start playing this kid, right, or you just wait until he is getting regular minutes before you start pushing him into a uh, into a national team setup. Craig Goodwin's only started hitting his straps. Is it too early to take him now and start to put the pressure on him of delivering <laughs> hopes of a nation for a World Cup? Uh, Mitch Duke's been doing everything he's asked every time he comes on the pitch, whether it's for the Socceroos or over in Japan. So obviously we work out why he's, uh, you know, he's been included in the squad. And Brandon Borello, okay, he's got, uh, you know, he's playing in Germany, I believe, still. He's still got, uh, you know, lots of potential, but I haven't seen much from from him. So what's he getting it on? Is he getting it off potential reputa- uh, reputation that he could have? I-, I don't understand. I think there's other guys at the moment that uh, are playing and performing that could get it over a guy who has untapped potential but hasn't turned that into absolute quality at the moment, which we, we're dying for. Yeah. Look, we need goals. We need a, we need a, a, a goal scorer up top. And Matt um, Leckie's not a striker, so yeah, I, look, I don't know why he's uh, included in the strikers. Is he is a mistake? <laughs> look, I, I, I think Matt Leckie's going to play number nine in, in these two games. Um or or Duke and or you know well, he's not playing nine for uh, think, for City so yeah look I think I think Boyle well, I don't know who's going to start number nine then it's got to be it's either Duke or Leckie for me 
Um, Boyle will play on one on one wing, and then the other one. Um, or, or look, maybe, maybe they do go with McLaren, Leckie on one side, Boyle on the other. Maybe that's maybe that's the formula. I'm I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, we'll, we'll see, but we, we need we need goals. We we need to, especially at home, we, we have to be beating Vietnam by by a couple of goals. We we don't want to be scraping through. With it the needs one, to be a Matilda scoreline almost, doesn't it? Well, look, it's we'll not it's not second, going yeah. it's not going to be. It's it's definitely not going to be, but. We need to be. We need to control the whole game, full ninety minutes, start to finish. Um, uh, you know, we shouldn't accept anything less. Okay, quickly before uh, we move on to the Matildas and into our uh, clinical finish, what two players would consider themselves most uh, unlucky here and be most disappointed to not be in this squad? Yep. Uh, I think uh, Dennis Jonero, who's, who's been playing for, he scored on the weekend for Toulouse as well. And look, I, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe the uh, goalkeeper Lawrence Thomas. Okay, so look, either which way, at the end of the day, we are uh, green and gold. So we'll be cheering the lads on and hoping we get the results we need to get us to the, the Qatar uh, World Cup at the end of the year. Um, just quickly, thoughts on the Matildas? Did they do the right thing playing their strongest team, or is this where you start blooding players when you're playing against a team who's uh, uh, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe crap? Oh, look, 18 nils. Yeah, look, it's great to win, um, but it, it's it's kind of embarrassing when, when you think about it. It is. It's ridiculous. It's, it's embarrassing. It's not. A, it's, it's not a good spectacle. No, it's, it's embarrassing a one-sided for the game sport. And it's, it's embarrassing for um, the opposition. It's it's embarrassing as a as a player when you're out there. You know, it, it, when once it gets past four, five, six nil. It's embarrassing. Would you watch right. if you if at the Olympics? Would you watch the world's best against the world's best under sixes? That's what it's like, and they'd no, be like fifty meters, sixty meters behind them in honestly, races. Honestly, it's it's embarrassing. It's 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 not a good like we said. It's not a good spectacle as a player. You're out there if, if you're beating a team, like I said, by more than six goals. You're looking around at each other, going like, "What the hell is going on? Like, can someone blow the full time whistle?" Because Someone stopped this. This is – it's not a good advertisement for the game. Um, you know, what, what, what is a – what's – like what did Sam Kerr get out of that game? Yeah, she scored five goals. Oh, she, got, she probably got a jersey from the opposition she doesn't want. You know what I mean? Great. She's, <laughs> all right. The, the opposition are taking photos with her after the game. I know you, weren't, I know you weren't hinting at that and I've made you look bad. But, uh, I know. Mate, that's she's, what she's the honest truth is. You know, I, I just – it's just it just looks bad all around. Um, Honestly, if they swapped jerseys yeah. with me, it would have been just as Mate, exciting. To be honest, maybe Kirk. maybe we should have played a few younger kids. But let's be honest, I think the younger kids would have done exactly the same thing. I, I think they 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 probably would have scored just as many goals. Like that's that's the that's the gap between Australian football, women's football, and um, Indonesian women's football at the moment. That's that's just the reality of it. The the gap is massive. Yeah, the top teams, um, your USA's, your Sweden's, your Netherlands, England, all those teams, the teams that are at the Olympics, they're, they're, they're good. The competition's tight. It's close. Anyone can beat anyone. Yeah, Japan's. Um, but then there is a massive gap between the rest. All right, let's park that for another day. So our clinical finish quickly. Uh, the weekly Tom Hammett Award we know is for um, best shot or best finish or best goal of the week. Um this week, I think you could have been nominated because it was named after you originally. Because uh, you're back at the 
<laughs> you're back at the weddings this week and you normally turn up a bit Tom Ahmed, but it's normally something special. So for me, I'd like to nominate the Marco Urena goal um, against a great team, a quality keeper. He made it look easy with the movement of his body and the calm finish to bring his team back into the game. So for me, that's the way I'd be heading. What about you? Yeah, look, I, I thought that was a great goal. Um, it, it looked it looked good. I just don't think he I don't think he caught it as clean as, All right, as then. he wanted so, so to. So what are you countering with? So I'm going to counter with um, Andrew Naboo's goal. Purely on the fact that ball from Berengay was on an absolute dime. Um, I, I just thought the teamwork and, and to be able to cut in and then and then deliver that to the back stick and the run in from Naboo, I just thought that was a, a better all-round goal for me. All right, mate. Better sales pitch. Look, our weekly Tom Ahmed Award goes to uh, Andrew No Boots or New Boots or with No the, Boots. With the assist from uh, Berengay. Berengay uh, for his, uh, his goal for City in their 3-1 win over the Mariners. Uh, this week's key games, a uh, big blue tomorrow night, the Melbourne derby between Western United and uh, Melbourne City looks interesting considering Western United look really rusty in their first hit out in a few weeks. Uh, City, uh, not nowhere near their best at the moment, but they just have so much raw power they in will that have squad a that they can just keep pushing they through. Will, they will have a couple of players out, City, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, and Sydney versus the Mariners uh, always has a little bit of spice. So I think uh, – and there's plenty of other nice games to look at there too. So I think a lot of great viewing and a lot of games to uh, to get yourself in front of the box and uh, grab some popcorn and watch. But uh, if they miss tonight's show or any of our previous uh, eight episodes, where can they catch it, VIG? They can catch it on the uh, Football Nation radio platform. Um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Fantastic. All right, we'd love to thank our uh, our special guest, the returning Killer B, now back home at Adelaide for the season, uh, Lockie Brook. We also um, thank you all for uh, listening into the show. Without your support, uh, we wouldn't be much. And uh, we look forward to catching you next week after another huge round of uh, A-League games. Until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution.